Hey guys, welcome back to the Women of Marvel podcast where we assemble to chat all things Marvel and more. This is Judy. Sada is currently not with me, but if you continue into the podcast, she will join me. Today we have Kelly Thompson, the writer of the recently announced West Coast Avengers. Sana and I welcomed her into our amazing podcast space to talk about breaking into comics and also the personalization that she brings to her characters and sort of these emotional depths that when you're reading them, the superheroes are still punching and having a good time, but they're real and they kind of almost make you cry or laugh or whatever you want to do. So please join me and Sana as we welcome Kelly Thompson. Hey guys, this episode is sponsored by Sideshow. Sideshow is giving fans a chance to assemble the ultimate Marvel collection with the Avengers Assemble statue set. Inspired by some of Marvel's most iconic superheroes, these statues capture the classic, colorful looks of Earth's mightiest heroes. One lucky winner will take home Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, Wasp, and Hulk statues, assembling on complimentary bases for one action-packed display. Visit Sideshow.com slash assemble for your chance to win. Good luck, Avenger. Limit one entry per person, void where prohibited. All winners agree to pay shipping on any prizes granted by Sideshow Collectibles during any contest or giveaway. Entrants must be 18 years of age or older and must be a resident of any country that Sideshow ships to. Contest ends on June 30th, 2018 at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. Visit Sideshow.com slash assemble for terms and conditions. Hiring is challenging, but there's one place you can go where hiring is simple, fast, and smart. A place where growing businesses connect to qualified candidates. That place is ZipRecruiter.com slash W-O-M. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. With results like that, it's no wonder that ZipRecruiter is the highest rated hiring site in America. And right now, listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash W-O-M. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash W-O-M. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Kelly Thompson. Yay! Yay, Kelly Thompson. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. We are so happy to have you here. Kelly is the writer of, oh, God, so many awesome Marvel comics. There's a very good chance, if you love a Marvel comic, she wrote it. Of course, she has written the Hawkeye, Kate Bishop series, Rogan Gambit, Phasma, one of the Star Wars comic books that we do. She's, you know, just a little busy. Just slightly busy. Tiny bit. Plus, I have secret projects that we can't even talk about. Yeah. We cannot talk about. No. Very, wow. very. That was, you just got like the PR. No. <laughs> no. Shut down. Absolutely. I mean, so let's go back to basics. Uh, let's talk a bit about how you got into comics and writing and what it is that you just love about the medium. So Sana and I were actually talking right before we did this about we both sort of got in or I at least got into comics from the X-Men animated series. That was sort of my entry point. I had read Archie's as a kid, but I didn't associate it with monthly comics and I didn't know what a comic book store was. But X-Men was like what broke the barrier for me. So it was a really big deal and it was huge. And Rogue is definitely my first crush. Well, also Mad Mardigan from Willow. So neck and neck with Rogue, right, right in there. But um, so I just fell in love. I mean, I had always sort of wanted to write. Like, I think in the fourth grade, we were in a 
we were in like a little assembly where we had to write on our t-shirts and puff paint or whatever, like what we wanted to do. And I put novelists. So like I always wanted to do that. But when I found comics, it was just like something clicked much to my parents' chagrin where they're like, oh, God, what is this? Like, this is a nightmare. (laughs) Now this obsession in this teenager, we don't even know what this is. Um, And that was it. I mean, it was just like a love story. I was done. And uh, I did eventually end up going to Savannah College of Art and Design to study sequential art. So I'm like super legit. I don't know who these other people you have on the show are. <laughs> I have a degree. Um, so, Real professional. Yeah, here. right? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I dabbled. But, you know, like anyone who gets out of college, you don't necessarily go right into your thing. And, you know, I was just sort of working in architecture, not as an architect, as, as administrative stuff. And I was writing on the side, writing comics, writing novels, stuff like that. And then eventually I started writing comics I wouldn't call it journalism I'd say like op-eds and reviews and stuff and then I kick-started a novel a couple years back and then I was just sort of building connections and stuff and then uh, I did Gem was my first big release I had already written a graphic novel called Heart in a Box but it hadn't come out yet so Gem was the first big thing that like hit and then really it wasn't long before I got the call from Sana actually and it was like I think I responded in gifs like (laughs) Just that were saying yes and that were like freaking out. I think that was like my level of professionalism. So, I mean, she, she asked some crazy thing like, oh, would you want to write Captain Marvel? Would you want to work with Kelly Sudaconic and David Lopez? And I'm like, are these questions? Like, this is crazy. Well, so for those listening at home that don't know, you wrote the final issue of uh, Captain Marvel and the Carol Corps along with Kelly Sue. That was your final arc. Yeah, final, yeah. Arc. Yeah. final yeah, yeah. arc with yeah. Kelly Sue. So that was your... Breaking into comic story is like smashing into the door with like a giant fist. Yeah, it was incredible. It was a dream come true opportunity. That thing where you're like, think maybe they called the wrong person and you're like, let's just go with it. Maybe I can get through it and we'll we'll get it out of the park and they won't realize they made a mistake. So it was incredible. And that book, I don't know if you remember that, but I remember Yeah, <laughs> it almost went a really dark way. I don't know if Kelly Sue was just like having a really dark day when we were talking about the initial plot. And she's like, and then they all die. Oh, yeah. And I was like, <laughs> and I was like I can't believe she's going to make me kill Captain Marvel and Carol Core in this book. I was so upset. <laughs> and then when we got around time to plot that, I did the like beat sheet and Kelly Sue came back and she was like, um, you can't kill them. And I was like, lady, you you're said to kill them. Yeah. I was like, you told me to kill them. I was like, I'm delighted to not kill them. So. She had like a very dark day or something. Yeah, you know, she, totally, she, goes, she fought Matt Fraction or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe she maybe said, it was a test for you. <laughs> maybe. She, well, she came back. She goes, I go, I will send you the email, girl. And she was like, I don't know what I was thinking. And I was like, I guess you're mixing it up with Bitch Planet. I don't know. But it was very dark. That sounds about right. That is the working relationship with Kelly Sue that I had as well. <laughs> She's like, oh, yeah, that was... That was a crazy idea. I'm like, yeah, it's fine. You got there. You got there eventually. But I remember that because, well, because the idea was because Kelly Thompson had been sort of bopping around doing some things here and there and bringing in new writers at Marvel was really, really tough and bringing in people that you're like, oh, I want to see if this works. And there was something with Kelly Sue really wanted to work with her. And she's like, look, you know, she can help me out and we can figure out like, you know, how to bring her into the Marvel Universe. And that was really, I remember working with you immediately and I would recommend her for everything. After that, they're like, oh, I'm looking for writer for this. I'm like, Kelly Thompson? Do you want to <laughs> Kelly Thompson? Um, that's where A-Force came about. Like, yeah. I think you're such a talented writer, so I'm so Thank happy you. that you're you're doing you. even more with us. 
Yeah, it's really been a dream come true. I think, um, I don't know if you had actually seen, I had already done, when we started working on Captain Marvel, I had done Hawkeye Investigations pitch. Then you got it at some point, and we started talking about it, and we talked about it for a long time. We did and talk then, about it, yeah. Which is part of the reason it's so damn good. We had the time to develop <laughs> yeah, that. So we really well, did. Yeah, and, and you know, so Hawkeye is a, a series about Kate Bishop. It's fantastic. Just got nominated for an Eisner. <laughs> no big deal, which I'm not surprised about. In the least. I was really excited. If only because, I mean, listen, I'm a writer with an ego, so I'm delighted. But I think what Leo Romero and Jordy did on that book is really incredible. And Michael Walsh as well, because he was a huge part of that first year of stories mm -hmm. we did. And I just think, I don't know. I just think they really, the whole team, you know, I love a lot of the books I'm doing now, a lot of the books I've done since. I hope I'll love future books, but I think I'll always be chasing that team. It was really sort of just perfectly came together. And so to see it recognized by a larger community is really exciting. Yeah. And it was one of those like sort of like lightning in a bottle moments where yes. all of the elements just worked so well together. Yes. I think I might have seen the pitch actually while the whole Carol Core thing had yeah. been happening. I remember being like, oh, this is really interesting. Let's just keep talking. And Kelly and I talked for like, I feel like it was like a year. It was a year. Right? It was a year because it was actually when I was doing A Force and I was yeah. like, mm, some of these ideas I had for this Hawkeye investigations pitch could work in this book. I was like, maybe I'll email Sana and be like, hey, is there any chance that's going to happen? And she was like, actually. And I was like, okay, well, then we'll just leave that alone because yeah. it was this beautiful thing I wanted to do. And But yeah, it was more than a year, I think, that we were talking yeah. about it before we really started to get started uh, we had that development time to figure out what it was and what like what the meat of it was and what it was going to look like and and I think uh, that's you know not to insult other processes or other comics which are great and I'm sure they all have their own but for me especially because I was pretty new I think that combined with coming in with Kelly Sue it created this great mentorship of helping us all put together the best possible thing and sort of shepherding me and shaping me into a better writer. I mean, I actually, I don't think I ever told you this, but I actually asked Kelly Sue after we were done with Carol Core, do you think I'm ready to like write my own book if I have a strong editor? And she goes, with a strong editor, absolutely. And that was I was like so with Sana and she goes, with Sana. She was like, <laughs> do it. And I was like, well, I'll try my damnedest. So that's yeah. really where everything kind of spun out of was like, yeah. Carol Cora Hawkeye, now you're kind of doing everything and we want to give you too many books. Yeah. No. Yeah. Which is great. But I that's want always... all the books. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, listen, we're going to try. We're certainly going to try. I mean, try. and you've also been writing such phenomenal woman characters. Thank you. And, and like they're not, you know, like Hawkeye, she's not necessarily super powered, right? Like she's I powered in another way. I love yeah. that. I'm, and, and some of this just stems from fear. There's a thing where a character that doesn't have powers or isn't a super genius or, you know, is more relatable to me in some ways. And not that I don't want to write big, cosmic, crazy characters. I want to do that, too. But I always tend to gravitate toward, I don't know, part of the thing I love about Clint and Kate both is they're always all beat up with bandages all over their mm -hmm. faces because they're wrestling with gods and they've mm -hmm. got bow and arrows. It's yeah. crazy. Like, But they have so much heart and they can't give up. And I don't know. I love it. It sounds cheesy, but... It's yeah. totally what I respond to. It's not cheesy. I love that entire, I have to say, like, that development process. You know, how do you hone in on what the main story is? How do you make it come alive? Like, 
just getting to a point where just the visuals of what it, you know, right. the bullseyes well, and all that stuff, you know. Exactly. That's the thing. I don't want to act like we were reinventing the wheel or anything. But to me, when I look at Hawkeye, even though I don't think issue one is our best issue, that's issue seven, by the way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, issue one, everything is there. Everything that we're doing, it knows exactly what it is from page one, and it's a very clear vision, and we were able to keep the same team together. Like, we would just spell Leo with Michael for, I think, three issues through our 16. That was it. Leo was able to do everything else, and Michael was really pulled off the hardest feet of everyone to be able to insert yourself into something that's already perfectly working, and nobody skips a beat. That's amazing. And that issue, what is it, 12, that's the Hawkeye, uh, Laura, Gabby team so up. Good. It's like one of my favorites that we did. And that's all Michael, you know, yeah. just doing hilarious stuff. So I can't r- recommend that that book enough. I think it's so fantastic. But now spinning out of that, you've got everyone was sad. Kate Bishop or the Hawkeye ended up getting canceled now. That you're kind of developing another world, though, that's similar. Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't think anyone should come to West Coast Avengers expecting Hawkeye investigations. It's not that. But it's 100% Kate on the West Coast being a hero, realizing she needs help to fight the stuff that's coming and that she can't do it on her own. And asking for help is a thing Kate's not great at. And we really developed that in her series. And I think it's coming to fruition here of her having learned that lesson and her going, yeah, um, land sharks show up to tear up L.A. and I can't handle that by myself. Like, I need my friends. I need some people who who can help me do this. And I'm really excited about it. Well, the fact that you have land sharks is like such a I'm like, that's the thing that makes it very Kate Bishop. (laughs) Yes. Right. It's absurd. It's totally absurd. Which also makes it very West Coast Avengers, by the way, which is it was always like the wacky book, which that's another reason now is a great time for it. And you love to sort of see that is because Jason Aaron's Avengers right now, Jason Aaron and Ed McGinnis, I should say, is like bringing back the big three, the like super classic Avengers, you know. And so you've got that book and then you've got its wacky weirdo West Coast cousin. And I love them together. I think they're two great tastes that go great together. I mean, I think it's also very similar to like the MCU where there's this drama and these things and going on. But you need the comedy, you need the fun. You need a little dose of like fun reality to sort of calm yourself down from what's happening. Well, that's what just makes the entire Marvel Universe so fun because everything is unexpected. Yeah. Right? Well, and that's one of the things I like about our team. I mean, we had these moments where I was very panicked and I would call Alana and I'd be like, people are going to be so mad because it's not Young Avengers and it's not West Coast Avengers and they're not going to recognize this team. And, you know, she was like, you're freaking out. Stop. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, okay. And I was so relieved today to see with the announcement people getting it that like sometimes the unexpected team is where you might find the brilliance like smash these weird people together who aren't always together and like you put these things in that are familiar like Clint and Kate together Kate and America you bring that back together so you still have these touchstones but then you throw in you know I'm always a big fan of like the truth teller character like the guy who's in there messing things up we were talking about Buffy before it's like Buffy's always better if there's a Cordelia or a Spike or someone who 
is like, hey, guys, stop hugging each other. And, you know, let me tell you the truth. And I think that West Coast Avengers with characters like Gwenpool and Quentin, it really mixes that up in a really interesting way. And I hope people like it. Yeah, I think when you try to do what has come before, it ends up being more about nostalgia. Yeah. And it's not your own, you know? Yeah. I think so often we try to do these, like, analog stories and yeah. analog characters, and you got to make it your own. And I think you, from what I've read so far, what I, what you've pitched, it's really something special and something new. I just love In the Room, so I can't give away any spoilers at all. <laughs> but all I'm going to say very broadly is, like, when we were talking in the Creative Summit this week, just the contrast between what... Jason was saying and what you were saying. <laughs> it was so I think, great. I think when he finished, I was like, okay, well, now let's cut to the weird book that yeah. means nothing and we should all forget about. You know, no. So it means a lot. It means a it ton. Means a lot. It's yeah. just different. It's just sort of different stakes. There's more sort of interpersonal drama, I suspect, because mm-hmm. there's a little more, not downtime, but it's more of a comedy book. And so, you know, there's the stuff like we have all these characters sort of thrown together and living together in the same scenario, sort of in sort of a dorm situation, you know, so it just creates all these conflicts that are maybe not giant celestials falling out of the sky. It's more wacky land sharks stomping on Venice beach. So, but I think it's going to be pretty great. Stefano is turning in this incredible work. (laughs) I can't even tell you. He sent this page. It's one of my favorite pages. And so the fact that that was the first one he chose to do is one of my favorite pages. I was like, yes. I was like, we're so in sync. Like, he totally gets it. And, like, he wants to do sort of the weird, wacky comedy stuff in this. And, like, we're going to be really in sync. But he also does big superhero stuff so great. He's a perfect fit for it. I'm really excited for people to see what he's doing. Yeah. Well, let's also take a step back before we jump forward. I, I realize we skipped over Rogan Gambit. <laughs> And you're talking about how much you started with the X-Men series, Rogue is your first crush, and then you're talking about like the quintessential romantic couple in the Marvel Universe, and you get this where you started, and now you get to write those. I mean, that sort of goes right back to the imposter syndrome of the Carol Corps, where you're like, did they call the wrong Kelly? (laughs) Like, when I found out that maybe I was going to get Gambit and Rogue, I was like, this is definitely a mistake. How dare they give me, like, my teenage dream team book? I haven't been working here that long. It's got to be a mistake. But, uh, yeah, that was huge for me. I mean, I firmly stand by they're the hottest, coolest couple in the Marvel Universe. They have all the drama and all the heat. They're the best. But, you know, it was really exciting. You know, Darren <laughs> Darren is my editor on that, and I – sort of we had this first conversation about what it should be and what I thought it would be. And I'm like, I think just a fun adventure romp. Maybe they have to steal something sort of gambity, like, you know, we'll keep it nice and light. It'll be like moonlighting plus adventure or whatever. And he's like, okay, great. That's right in line with what I'm thinking. And then I went off (laughs) to work on the pitch. And part of that was doing a lot of rereading of stuff I hadn't read for, you know, a decade or more. And while individually I liked so many of those stories and some of them were so good, they all started to feel really the same. I think I really got to break them and put them on a new path, whether that's together or not, which when we started, we weren't sure what it would be. And I was like, I I just got to, it's got to be something totally different than everything we've done before in order for it to matter for these characters. Otherwise it's just going to be another mini series, you know? And so that was how that insanity. And so I sent that to Darren and he was like, called me and he's like, 
what happened between <laughs> I was like, no, 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 it's the eternal sunshine of the spotless mind, plus Rogan Gambit, plus the thing. And he's like, what happened? And I was like, trust me. I was like, I know these characters so well. It's going to be great. Uh, we did have to compromise. He's like, where's my punching? And I was like, oh, okay. Have some Gambit and Rogue Chick golems and some other things. But mostly it's going to be about like digging really deeply into these characters and then like pushing them out the other side. And I was very happy that things happened to change over the course of time, that we could give them a really happy ending and put them on a new course for someone to pick up to move forward. So it was another dream come true book. It sounds like I'm saying that a lot, but Hawkeye and Rogue and Gambit happening at the same time was like sort of wake up thinking I was in a dream sometimes. You know, I think that everyone talks about our generation specifically about that X-Men series in the 90s. And yeah. I think that Rogue and Gamut's relationship is a relationship we all grew up. And it is a story that's been told many times. And, I, you know, having the opportunity for you to sort of tackle something new, I feel like. And you took it and you ran with it, which is kind of great. I did. I also, I mean, I don't like to make this about gender because I think anyone can write any story. It can totally happen. But I do think that some fans pointed out after the book got announced that they were really excited because it was the first time a woman had tackled those two. I mean, Marjorie Liu obviously wrote really great Gambit in Astonishing and X-23 as well. So I don't want to say that other women haven't had their hands on the characters, but those two together, it's never been done by a woman before. And I think I did, in this case, have a different perspective. And I sort of just leaned into it really hard. And fortunately, Darren... I just broke him <laughs> and just, I just pushed him out of the way. And I was like, listen, I've loved these characters since I was 15. Get out of my way. And then I just forged through. And then I had Perez Perez who really like totally dove into it. Like I knew he'd be great at all the like superhero crazy stuff, but I had no idea he would make it that hot. Like it was his fault that like issue three is like sort of, I don't even know how we sort of got it through approvals. And that was all Perret, like, because he was just sort of inspiring me. And then I wrote this script and I said to Darren, I was like, I'm not sure this is going to make it through. And then he didn't flag it. And then Perret drew it that way. And then I was just like, again, there seems to be a lot of me just putting down my head and hoping nobody notices the thing I'm doing. But it's working out so far. It's great <laughs> advice to the next generation. <laughs> You're like, just do the thing and then yeah. just see if and you need to ask for forgiveness. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Asking for forgiveness is yeah. easier than permission. That's what they say, right? So because like you're sort of a not a new Marvel writer, you've been around for a while, but you're new in terms of being exclusive, right? You signed mm -hmm. your contract and like looking at the trajectory of your career, what is it that you can impart to people who want to be writers, people who just want to get into the industry about Growing yourself as a creator, about getting into industry, I feel like you would have the best advice to give because you did it. You did the work. You met the people. You worked on your craft. Like you weren't just expecting someone to give you a job. I feel like you're such a great example of working hard and being successful. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I feel like, you know, you always see, like I feel like people who like me or people who don't like me, like on social media I see where they're like, overnight you know and that's always the story where this person come from they didn't pay their dues they didn't whatever I'm like really let me show you the receipts because I did a whole lot including going to school for it when I was a kid I wish I had like some super insightful non-cliche thing to say but I mean I think the thing is that you can't give up until you're there 
Like, you know, there was a there was a point in my career where I was working on a ton of different things and I didn't really have a writing career yet, except for the one that I had at home when I was not doing my real work, quote unquote. And I had a bunch of things that were at like 70 percent and I read something or I was talking to someone and they're like, listen, none of those things are publishable. None of those things are done. They're like, you have to finish things. And so I started setting other things, even though I loved them aside, to finish individual things and not move on until I was finished. And so that's sort of the thing. Don't stop until you're finished. And you maybe then have to move on to something else because not everything's going to work. But it all has to get to 100% because you can't do anything with 70%, no matter how good it is. And I feel like, you know, there's millions of people all over the world who are sitting on 75% finished novel or comic or whatever. And that's not a thing. That's just a part of a thing that lives in a drawer in your house. And so for me, that was a big, that was a big wake up call of I had to make choices. And the first choice for me was I was working on a novel that was about two teenagers with superpowers called The Girl Who Would Be King. And so that was the thing I at the time was the most passionate about. And I was like, okay, that'll be my thing. And honestly, I got very lucky and the timing was good and I put in a lot of work and it ended up opening some doors and then there were like 25 steps and several years between that and getting my first Marvel work, you know? So it looks to someone like, oh, she just got this gig and then that was it. But it was like there were three years between publishing that book and getting it at Marvel and then there were three years I wrote that book before that and then there were all the and so you just have to keep going what was your first published non-published comics work the first thing you ever wrote down as a comic I should say oh yeah I, I don't care if it was like 14 years old <laughs> um no it was all after I found the x-men I was taking French in high school and the French two teacher was awful and so you learned nothing. And then they sent you into French 3. And it was a French woman who didn't understand why we were the biggest idiots she'd ever met every class. And so I basically did no French. And every day in French, I would write scripts, comic scripts. It's when I was 17 years old or whatever. Really bad stuff. X-Men ripoffs. It was the 90s. So image ripoffs. Like, I mean, just blatant. Those know. actual characters or just like no, your, no, my your versions, versions of my them? versions. Okay. Yeah. Wait, wait, Terrible Was stuff. Gambit speaking French at these? <laughs> I mean, there was 100% a Gambit ripoff. I don't think I did like a phonetic thing. I don't think I did that. Plus, that would have been too much French for French class. <laughs> like, like, I didn't know enough. You still so. have it? I do still have those in filing cabinets. It was really bad stuff. I mean, I definitely had a rogue analog. She was called Sizzle. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You guys should see Sana's face right now. Is um, it like is it like Sizzle, like the restaurant that used to exist? No, no, Sizzler. 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 It's a great restaurant. I mean, but that's a comic I'd write now, though. A character called Sizzler. I am in for that. He will Wait, be showing can, up can, in can West Gate, Coast Avengers. Can, yeah, can Kate, Kate go to Sizzler? Yeah. But you know his origin story will be founded in the Sizzler. Yes. Like, that's what's going to happen. Yes. It's like he's going to eat some weird food and get these powers, and it's going to be the I mean, listen, the there's a part in West Coast Avengers where Kate's interviewing people to be on the team and just, like, put out a call like you do in L.A. for an audition. 
and one of the guys is bread man. So, you know, yes. the bar is really low. I feel like we can get Sizzler into the book. Wait, is he so. like the bread guy from uh, He's like Red and wearing Simpy? a bread suit with like a cutout for his face. <laughs> and Kate keeps calling him Toast Man, which is very upsetting to him. And they argue about the catchphrase. I have to say, like, I am so proud of everything that you've done and accomplished. And I'm so thrilled that you are not only here in the Marvel family, and I get to see you more often because you actually now are here like a few times a year, but the Eisner nomination, which I just felt in my gut. I was like, this is going to happen. She deserves it. I mean, I hope you win. I believe you're going to win. But, you know. Like and the way you think. Yes. I, <laughs> I really hope so. And he also Julian Tedesco, who does the covers for Hawkeye, yes. also got nominated. Yes. Um, Which so well deserved. So I feel well deserved. like he, people always knew his stuff was brilliant, but I think some people just saw how beautiful it was and didn't think that much about what he was doing. There was so much thought going into those pulpy mm-hmm. noir covers that fit tonally with us so much. He was so smart about all of that. He was so great. Super smart. And I also want to shout out to Charles Beecham, who actually was like a big part of yes. developing the, those covers with him. Yes. And the Charles ta- was great. Yeah, he was great. He's, he's, still, good. he's still great. He's still, he's good still things. all right. Yeah, he, he just <laughs> um, left himself. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't want to uh, kiss up too much yeah. too late. But, you know, I don't think I'm here without you mentoring me through all of that. It was a big deal. I don't think that book is the book it is without you. And I don't think I'm a Marvel exclusive writer without you. I learned Aww. so much. I My boyfriend, uh, I hate a headset and I don't want to hold the phone all the time. Yeah. So my calls are like always on speakerphone at the house. And so he has to hear all this stuff he doesn't want to hear. And he always would be like, Sana gives the best notes. <laughs> <laughs> he's very judgmental too. And he's like, you need to listen to Sana. And I'm like, all right, man, whatever. No, well, he's was, right. He's right. You do. Well, that really means so much to me. Like the, the most emotional I get is like with Kelly. Cause I'm just like, oh, thank you so much. Cause as an editor, you're just like, I hope that the notes that I'm giving that you like and that they help you and they do you know and it's just it was really a special experience i have i've had that with a few writers but you're really like you and willow and kelly sue like are my sort of my special people and no it's a running joke at our house (laughs) like if i'm having trouble on a book he's like can you get sauna in on this i was like she's busy he's like or or he's like if i'm struggling with something he's like well what did sauna say and i'm like she's not on this book adam leave me alone I (laughs) I have to forge my own way at some point (laughs) now I want to meet Adam he has great taste obviously dating you and also on my editorial instincts (laughs) he's you don't need to inflate her ego we're already getting pushed out of the room right now we do we do No, but but seriously, congratulations on everything. And I know there's going to be so much more Kelly Sue stuff. But why don't you tell people where they can find you? Okay. The best place is the sometimes cesspool that is Twitter, which is <laughs> at 79 semifinalist. And uh, everything else is basically 1979 semifinalist. So my like, website and everything. I like that you're like us because we also don't have we have like a, a handles handle that make that, sense. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for joining us. I mean, hopefully we can do more, including story time or we read aloud amazing scripts that you've done when you were young. I'll kill you guys. I'll find you and murder you if you get your hands on those. That'll be dun, it. Dun, dun, dun. I feel like you probably could have integrated some of those characters in West Coast Avengers considering how crazy that roster is going to be. So I mean, considering saying. Sizzler is definitely going to be yes, showing up. Sizzler. I mean, I was just talking with Adam about Sizzle the other day. He's like, well, what is her power? I was like, well, she's the rogue analog, so she's so hot you can't touch her. He goes, <laughs> he goes that's the worst. And I was like... Shut up. Where's your 17-year-old script? Let me see it. Let's compare. That is amazing. (laughs) That's like a great superhero. (laughs) 
terrible. Well, thanks again for joining us. Thanks for having me. Thanks again to Kelly for joining us. It was such a great conversation and just so great to finally meet her in person. It's June, which means we are just weeks away from San Diego Comic-Con. So if you guys are attending, make sure you save the date for Friday. We're doing a fun stage event with more news to come. And plus, our annual panel on Sunday at 12.30 p.m. in room 6DE. We're going to have a great group of panelists, and myself and Sana will both be there. So stay tuned as we announce who's sitting on the panel with us and what we chatting. As always, if you have questions or suggestions, please email us at womanof at marvel.com or tweet at marvel with hashtag woman of marvel. Plus, don't forget to follow our Instagram at the woman of marvel. We'll see you guys on the next episode. This is Marvel, your universe.